0: So, a little disclaimer, real quick. This podcast was recorded before the announcement that Da Hoke and Anticoke would be suspended one game uh, at Albany due to the altercation, the fight um, that happened in the Binghamton-Albany game. Uh, He is one of, I believe it was five or eight, um, I think it was eight combined players uh, that have been suspended for both teams uh, Dahoka is one of those players, uh, so you know, he did mention him going into the game against UMass on Tuesday. He obviously will not be there, as well as multiple other players, but uh, he, him being the most notable one that was suspended. So, uh, quick disclaimer, as this podcast was recorded prior to that news uh, being released on Monday night what's up y'all welcome back into the lacrosse bucket podcast tanner demling here with y'all as always this is gonna be a quicker um episode than usual or i'll try to make it a bit quicker than usual um we have got some exciting games coming up this midweek slate and uh Some battles of undefeated teams, if you will. Um, Big conference matchups as conference play for the SoCon continues uh, to ramp up after getting started kind of sparsely over the past two weeks. Uh, The ACC really ramps up this week. Um, Duke, I think, has nothing but conference play left. I know Virginia and Syracuse have at least like one or two non cons still on their schedule. But for the most part, from here on out, you know, last week of March from here on out, it is conference play uh, for the majority of these teams. Uh, we do have some uh, a big non conference game on Tuesday. Uh, one of the best midweek games that I can remember from last year, Albany and UMass. Uh, This game was actually supposed to be a few weeks ago when UMass was on pause, I believe, and they pushed it to this Tuesday. So uh, today, uh, for y'all listening, but tomorrow, uh, as I'm recording here on a Monday, uh, we've got that game. And this is one that I am excited about obviously we have and Anticoke, uh playing and anytime you can watch uh Dehoka play and just what he's done this season you know he was on uh, he was having a really good year last year when things were shut down and uh, he was out for the first game i believe uh yeah was it one game or two games yeah is that the first game out the first game of the season um When Camden Hay had that big game for himself. So, um... DeHoka... This is his third game of the season, essentially. Oh, no. Fourth game of the season, essentially. Um... Coming in here. Him, Jacob Patterson, leading that Albany offense. You've got Liam Donnelly in cage, who's been playing fantastic. And honestly... This might be one of the better like mid-major goalie battles of this season. You have Donnelly in cage for Albany. Obviously, the Utah transfer, um, you who's know, come back home uh, to his home state of New York uh, and, and has been playing very well for Albany. Uh, I believe he has another year of eligibility left after this one. Uh, he was a grad transfer. I think transferred with two years left, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't think it was a grad transfer, but, um, never mind that, um, he's playing very well this season. Matt Note, obviously one of the more notable, um, players, one of the most no- more notable goalies coming into the season after what he did last year for UMass as a freshman, especially, you no, know, I don't want to call it his coming out party, but. Against Yale last year, he really, uh, you know, made headlines in, in the performance that he had, and he's continued to play well through UMass's first two games of the season. Obviously, with them coming off of that well, it was about a month long uh, pause um, due to COVID, where they couldn't, you know, had a few weeks where they couldn't practice. Were able to get back practicing, but uh, you, you know, had to pause games and and, and whatnot. Um, so, UMass coming in two zero on the road, going to face a uh, pretty good Albany squad. Uh, with the only only loss coming uh, to Vermont uh, in a game where they had to come back in that one. Uh, Vermont, obviously, uh, you know the best defense. I would say, um, uh, I don't know about statistically, but. Uh, well, yeah, probably statistically as well. I don't have the stats up in front of me at the moment, but um, for the America East Conference defenses or even uh, you know, NCAA stat page. But, uh, you know, Vermont, a very good defense there. Um, very good offense as well, I might add. Uh, you know, is the only team that Albany has fallen to this season, uh, fallen to them a few weeks ago. Uh, so you had Albany come in 3-1 led by um, a very good offense, an experienced offense. They have a seasoned goaltender in Cage and Donley. Uh, UMass, you know, 2-0. I think we're still figuring out exactly who this UMass team is. Uh, we've seen Dylan Errant, Jeff Trainer, Devin Spencer, Step Up, Billy Fel- uh, Philpot, as always, Gabriel Prosek, I mean, this is a deep, deep UMass team. I mentioned Noten Cage to anchor that defense. Uh, but, you know, this, this is, and I've said before, this is the deepest team in the CAA. You got Hoachman at the faceoff, dot. You got Duloc, who has been playing very, very well uh, at the defensive spot, as well Subcheck and, you know, various other guys there. Toby, um, on that defense, I you know, I, I think coming in here, from what I've seen of both of these teams, and I don't want to – obviously it's still a bit early for UMass having only played two games, uh, but coming in, you know, I, I have to say, like I would – and UMass won this game last year. Um, I, you know, I would have to give the edge to UMass here. Um, I think certainly offensively, Albany – and Umass are pretty uh you know on par with each other as terms of ta- in terms of uh talent uh defensively i would probably say Umass is a bit better on that end uh but of course in cage i, I you know I, I think pick your poison um you, you know whoever you want they Donnelly or note um but Umass i would say is probably The better team coming in this one, but I do think it's because let's see, what was the last year? I can't remember what the score was. Let's pull this up. Last year, it was 17 to 12 UMass over Albany. And that's one where Albany, um, you know, UMass pulled away at the end. And uh, really, uh, the the, the face off dot was the problem. Uh, has been the issue there for Albany since uh, a certain somebody left but um that's neither here nor now uh but I do think because of the discrepancy um which isn't very large if you look at just the percentage this season um you have uh ultimately in Endless who've gone no Fifty six and forty five percent as the top two guys for Albany this year. Uh Zach Hoachman has been continuing his dominance at the Dot, having success again this season, sixty-one percent as the main guy for the Minuteman, Caleb Hammett, has been a nice kind of um reliever, if you will, there for Hoachman at the Dot this season. So I think because of the discrepancy, um, which again I'll add is less than it was last year and has been in years past. Um, I do give UMass kind of the edge here. Uh, but as I mentioned, I th- I, th- I think both of these offenses are pretty on par with each other. I think both goalies are on par with each other to an extent Um so honestly, this one could go either way, I believe um but you know I would have to put I'd have to give UMass the edge uh, but I certainly don't think it'll be a 17 to 12 game like last year uh, where UMass was able to pull away uh, where Albany was like on the heels most of the game, UMass you felt um, you know had it in the bag for uh, probably the last five, six minutes of the contest. So I do think UMass gets this W here, but uh, it would not surprise me if it's a one goal, two goal um, win, or even if Albany, uh, you know, even if we go to overtime or if Albany is able to pull it out, um, it's certainly something that would not surprise me, but um, I would give UMass the edge in that one. And that one, Um, If y'all listening before the game, 1 p.m. on Tuesday, March 23rd. So tomorrow, but today, if y'all are listening to this. So the other midweek games this week, we have a Binghamton UMBC game on Wednesday and a Drexel Lafayette game on Wednesday as well, 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Time all those face-offs. I would expect UMBC to beat Binghamton, and I would expect Drexel to beat Lafayette. Um, I'm not going to really get into those games, but I I think they're pretty, uh, you know, we know what to expect. And then we have a big one on Thursday. I'll get to that in a second, but I do want to go over Friday's games first because on Thursday we're not going to talk about Friday's games. We're going to we'll, we'll mention them, but um we're going to go straight into previewing Saturday on Thursday's podcast. So, um I'll talk about Friday's games now and then we'll go back to Thursday's um to end the show and on Thursday uh we'll give a little credence to the Friday games, but uh, we will mostly be talking about Saturday's games because uh, there's some big ones, some exciting ones across the country, uh, the college, across the landscape, I should say. So on Friday, we do have a Richmond High Point contest in the SOCON. It is the third SOCON contest for Richmond. A second for High Point, uh, both teams coming off big. I would call them blowout wins over the weekend. Um, I would expect Richmond to win this one. I think High Point has a very good offense. I think at times the defense is good. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent who's the goalie. Um, Is it Parker Green? Is it Antonio Arcona? Um, Both have played this year. I can't remember who they went with last game, but I know they've been with Green. So, okay, they've been with Green for the most part the past couple weeks. Um, He struggled at times, and they've put in Arcona um, and then put him back in. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, like, both these guys have played the past couple weeks. So, we'll see who they put in there. We'll see how that goes. Um, Jack Rustbolt. um, Obviously, this is a Richmond team I got to see in person over the weekend. Um, Hands down, the most talented team. Hands down, the best team, I would say. And the SoCon, I don't think there's much to argue there. Obviously, I mentioned Bolt. Uh, you have Mingus at the Sims spot who's been very good this season offensively, Ryan Lanchbury, uh Dalton Young, Richie Connell have been just blowing it out of the water. um absolutely stellar performances from those three as the leaders of this offense. now, Richmond it, it also at the face off you. You know, they've been solid this year with Jacob Griffin there. Um, I think they certainly have an edge there over uh, High Point with Sam and Hoban, even though they've had some good games, some good um, showings, some good moments. I, I just think Griffin is going to be probably too much for them. Um, And now, hey, I might be wrong on that. High Point did counter uh, UNC to an extent um, during that first contest. So we'll see what happens here. But I do think Richmond has the edge. Really, I would say all the way around, um, with the exception of offense. Because I think if if High Point can get possession, retain possession, get the lock to the guys they need to get the lock to, Uh, Asher Nolting, Kevin Rogers, Brandon Maia, Dalton Silver. They're going to have some success. It's the part of stopping the Richmond defense and getting those extra possessions, getting those 50-50 balls that I'm not confident that High Point can do. This has been a very inconsistent team this year. And not even inconsistent in terms of They've won some, then gone on a two-game losing streak, and then won another one. No, no, no. This is a very inconsistent team within games. We've seen that time and time again. Now, they've played some very tough competition. Carolina, Carolina, Virginia, Duke. That's their last four games. Then they played VMI, beat them 20-12. Richmond... Has a similar story. Well, they have played a ton of tough competition this weekend. or excuse me, this season as well. They've played Loyola. They lost that one. They lost to Carolina. They beat Towson eleven to ten. They lost to Duke, and now they've won against VMI and Belmont, pretty big, handedly in both contests. And Richmond also plays Virginia in a few weeks as well to open uh, the month of April at Virginia. So that's another big game coming up on their schedule uh, in between conference opponents. So both these teams are very experienced. They've played some really good lacrosse teams. And I'm expecting this one to be a pretty good one, but I no, the, the fact of High Point doesn't have much defensively outside of Rust Bolt that I'm confident in them stopping a top-tier elite offense is what kind of gives me pause and, and, and makes me think if Richmond starts to get hot, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but it it might not look too too good if you know what I'm saying. Moving on to the next game here on Friday. Monmouth visits Manhattan. Monmouth has surprised me, and I would say has surprised some others as well. 3-0 at the moment in the MAC. They've been playing some very good lacrosse. Now, I have not been able to watch a ton of Monmouth. I'm going to watch some games, um, or some partial games this week. You know, this is their second game against Manhattan of the season, uh, which makes me think this one could be closer than last, which was the first game of the season for both squads. Now, Monmouth is 3-0. Uh, 2-0 on conference, remember? That first weekend for the Mac did not count towards your conference record. And Manhattan's coming in on a two game winning streak, 2 uh, 0 record in the MAC, uh, beating Canisius and a very good Detroit Mercy squad. This is one going to be pretty good. Uh, both defenses are pretty solid. Brendan Krebs has been playing fantastic in Cage for Manhattan, um, Noah Lode has been doing much of the same they for Monmouth, and the defenses out in front of them are very, very experienced. Um, this is going to be a game that maybe, no, I think coming into the season, I didn't necessarily have circled, but um, 6 p.m. on Friday, uh, Richmond High Point is at 5 p.m. This is an exciting Friday night of lacrosse that we have coming up. Uh, two mid-major games. Two teams that I, I think some people, um, especially Manhattan Monmouth, don't get to see very often. That um, if you want to see some good lacrosse, um, those are going to be two good games there to tune in. Uh, two very good m- mid-major programs, certainly within the conferences uh, this season. Uh, obviously, being the SoCon and the MAC there. So, uh, some good mid-major games there on Friday. I mentioned on Wednesday, we've got those two games that I don't really expect to uh, too, too much out of, but I would certainly tune into those ones. Tuesday is obviously uh, a marquee-type matchup there. And then we have a big one on Thursday night, 7 p.m., ACC Network. Y'all already know what it is. Duke and Syracuse. We got the Duke Blue Devils coming in off a bye week after they took down Jacksonville. Uh, was that two weeks ago? Yeah, no, a week ago. Took down Jacksonville um, a week ago on the 14th, 17-6. to A couple days prior to that, they blew out High Point. Uh, so this is a Duke team coming off of one, two, three, four consecutive SoCon games, uh, SoCon blowouts, I would add. Well, Richmond was a bit closer than uh, some might have expected, but uh, certainly a six-point win there. So uh, teetering on a blowout, if you will. Um, I usually categorize a blowout as a game that's um, six, or seven or more goals because I've seen teams come back from six down within two minutes. Like... Um, within two or three minutes. So I usually categorize a blowout, seven or more uh, goals in the final. Syracuse coming in off that win over Holy Cross, blow uh, blowout there. Uh, and, and, and both these teams are looking good heading into ACC play. Obviously, Syracuse with that game against Virginia under the belt. Duke, this is their ACC opener. Um, and what we've seen out of both of these teams, obviously both, excuse me, sitting in the top ten. Oh, excuse me, top five at the moment. uh, Duke at number two, Syracuse at number four in the country. Uh, This is a big time matchup here. You know, Duke. So let's let's talk about Duke first. The the home team here. Duke, obviously Michael Sowers, Joe Robertson, Brennan O'Neal, Nakai Montgomery have been leading that offense. We have seen OJT Giles-Harris leading that defense alongside Mike Adler and Cage, who has asserted himself as that number one guy. And Cage, after we saw some... Musical goalies, if you will. Um, I was trying to think of the word there. Uh, Musical goalies in cage there uh, the first couple games. Tyler Carpenter has been very solid at the LSM spot. Uh, At the faceoff dot, we've seen, I wouldn't say a surprise, number one, but I think a lot of people thought that... O'Connell was going to come in or that Ginder was going to, you know, obviously returning going to take over that spot, but no, it's been the freshman Jake Naso, uh, uh excuse me, 66% on the year. He's been fantastic, especially as of late. Um, and obviously this is going to be, we look at the Duke offense and we see all the talent they have, all the highlighting, all the star-studded players, the highlighting names on that on that offense. When you look at the defense, we see a guy like JT Giles-Harris. We see a guy, a proven winner there in Mike Adler, uh, a seasoned veteran, if you will. Um, we, we see those kinds of players all over the field. Um, and then obviously with O'Neal being one of the best freshmen in the country offensively, Naso being one of the best freshmen at the faceoff dot this season. Um, and then we see that uh, uh, again with, with with Syracuse, with a, a, a veteran-like defense um, as well as a veteran-laden offense with Rafis and Scanlon and Curry, uh, Dordovic has been very good as well. But then we also have Owen Hiltz there. Uh, the future, if you will, of the Syracuse Offense, you know, defensively we have Drake Porter and Cage there, uh, and 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 this defense has really been uh, very sound, very solid. I, you know, I've I have heard the gripes of without Drake Porter, this defense would be nothing. I don't necessarily subscribe to that belief, but I do understand where it comes from, and I I would say that I do probably on the camp of, like, I certainly don't think that this defense would be nothing without Drake Porter, but I think he bails this defense out a lot more than some people think he does. Uh, Brett Kennedy is obviously a solid player there uh, as their top pole. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Mitch Wyckoff over the past couple weeks, but and he's really stepped up. Uh, recently, I think it took him a bit to get used to that ACC-type pace of play, uh, D1-type pace of play, if you will, but he's really stepped into the fold recently, obviously transferring over from Gettysburg. And then, you know, we, we mentioned the def- the offense with Rayfus and Hiltz and Scanlon, and, and that attack unit has been very good. Uh, you know, Syracuse has one of the best midfields in the country with Curry, Dordovic, and Trimboli. Um, And then you can't not mention Lucas Quinn, Owen uh, to the supporting cast there. Uh, But really, I I think Syracuse with FOP and with Varela, who hasn't been too, too good, but uh, 35%. uh, But he's been a good support role when needed, Uh, support guy, I should say. But FOP has been absolutely outstanding there at the dot. I think it's going to be a test of Naso. Uh, this game is to see how how ready is he to go up against the big boys. Um, obviously, I mentioned Duke coming in after, I don't want to call them cupcake games, but uh, you have, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, essentially six blowouts in a row. I honestly have not watched a Duke game since Robert Morris, four full, full ways through, obviously. I watched the ending of that Richmond game, of uh, the second half, I watched the beginning of the high-point game. I watched the beginning of Jacksonville. Um, Didn't watch the Towson game. Didn't watch Mercer. I watched Denver and RMU. Haven't watched much Duke since then because I knew what the outcome was going to be. We knew who was the much better team. Uh, These are two very deep teams, and and this is a test, I think, for Duke to see, you know, where do they actually stand uh, you know, not just Naso, but really this whole Duke team in general, where do they stand? Um, we've seen Syracuse blow out Virginia um, and really set themselves apart. Now, I think Virginia has figured some things out now, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see what those two teams look like um, or what that game looks like when they meet uh, again. Uh, well, actually, they, they do not meet again, but. Um, What's thing they do? No. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. So Syracuse, Virginia, do meet again um, on in late April. Um, they was looking at the long schedule. My apologies there, but um, no. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like when those two squads meet again. Um, you know, but coming into this one, it, 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 it's simply a test for for Duke as to how do you stand up against a team that. I would say Syracuse. Obviously, they've played Vermont. Uh, was a, a tough game there. Uh, you took that loss to Army. They learned from it. Blew out Virginia. Um, they beat Stony Brook. Beat Holy Cross. Had that tough win, hard fought win over Vermont. Um, th- th- this is a test for Duke. Um, not that I don't think. Not that I think Duke needs a test to prove that they're a top three team. Uh, But I think this will be an interesting kind of measuring stick game within the ACC. Um, Coming into the year, I thought these two teams were the top two in the ACC, Duke and Syracuse. Um, And I thought Carolina was right behind them. And all three of those teams are top five in the nation at the moment. And this is definitely going to be one to circle, um, if I had to tell y'all who I thought had an edge, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's tough to it's tough to to say which team. Tough to gauge. Um, I, I would say because I think a lot of people are going to hop on the bandwagon and say. Duke is the better team. But I would maybe argue that Syracuse has been more tested in the last few weeks than Duke has. Um, obviously, Syracuse has put together some blowout wins as well against some cupcake-ish teams uh, as far as those standing, as far as where they sit is concerned. So you do have that. Um, and this is obviously a contest, a series that... You know, these two teams know each other very well, being ACC opponents. Um, we've seen some very good uh, championship weekend games between these two squads, uh, NCAA tournament, ACC tournament, which we, we will not have this year, but uh, we've seen some very good games between these squads in the past, and, and this is always a good series. Uh, 2019, if you all remember that one, uh, that was one of the better ACC games regular season of the country uh, of the season. So uh, this is definitely going to be a good one. You uh, a can't miss one, if you will, on the ACC network at 7 p.m. That's enough talking for tonight. As always, thank you all for listening in. You can find us. At lacrosse bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. lacrossebucket.com is the website. You can listen to the podcast, subscribe, leave a five star review on Apple, uh, only one you can do a review on. Also, listen to us on Spotify, uh, Apple, Oh no, it's me, Apple, yeah, Apple uh, with the review, Google, Spotify. So the one, oh, iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio has a podcast. Uh, feature as well. So you can listen to us on all those platforms. Again, lacrossebucket.com is the website. Have y'all a great week and enjoy the lacrosse. We'll be back on Thursday with an extended um, show. Uh, Tonight's was a bit shorter than usual, but we'll have a full weekend preview for y'all lined up and ready on Thursday.